Welcome to the Family Huddle Podcast. We understand family was God's design, and yet our families can often be the place in our lives where we're the most ungodly. In this podcast, we're hoping you find encouragement from God's Word, as well as practical ways the gospel can touch down in your own life, your home, and your family. We also hope to share some laughter, great stories, and let you know you're not alone, no matter your season or circumstances. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to the Family Huddle Podcast. We are so glad to have you. And if you're a new listener today, we just want to say welcome. We are jumping back into our series that we have uh, recently kicked off called Defining Moments. And we're super excited because today we have um, two great guests. And so less of Travis and I, more of them, which I think (laughs) will be a good thing. But Trav, why don't you go ahead and tell us who is joining us today? Yeah, we're so thankful to have the Hauglins, Dan and Kelly. They have two kids, uh, Aaron and Joshua. Matter of fact, I had Aaron and Jam, and now he's like in high school. Matter of fact, I saw him just the other day as I was going through the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A, working (laughs) hard out there in the sun. And I was so thankful because that day, that particular day I was going through the drive-thru, they just brought back the peach milkshake. Oh, it's a big day. (laughs) And I tell you what, I love that milkshake. It's so good. But we're really grateful to have you guys here today with us uh, on the family podcast and this new series that we're going through called Defining Moments. Before we jump into that, I'd love for you guys just to tell us a little bit about your family. Sure. So um, uh, we have been married about 22 years, I think. Am I right? I don't feel bad, actually. Kelly forgets <laughs> our anniversary more than I do, so I'm totally, I I'm totally safe. But, I love it. Yeah, I'm married 22 years. I uh, live in Chaska. Like you said, Trav, we have uh, Aaron and Joshua, 16 and 6. Um, I uh, work for a mattress company, and uh, we've been part of Grace Church for, what, 13, 14 years. We came in 2007, as some of the things we'll get into here a little later, was a, a even coming here was a defining moment for us, mm, just awesome. finding this body and some of the things God did through it. So... Um, yeah, we're excited to be here, so we're, we're honored. Uh, super, super cool. Yeah, and let's see, um, same as him, 16 and 6, so bookends for boys. Um, <laughs> strong will and high strung together. <laughs> so, <laughs> a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but we homeschool, and we've been homeschooling since Aaron was in fourth grade, and then Joshua's going to be going into first grade this year, so wow. our oh. first real official year with him. Oh, yeah. that's exciting. Well, I tell you, um, thinking about this year of 2020, it's almost kind of like funny because 2020 hindsight, you look back over this past decade or really even maybe further than that. Um, and I think about you guys, I think about your family, uh, your marriage, your kids. Um, we talk about defining moments. And there can be a lot of things where God really jumps in, intervenes in our life, changes who we are from the inside out and sends us out on a new course. And we'd love to hear about y'all's story. What has been a defining moment, maybe for your marriage, for your family, for your kids? And we'd love just to hear more about that. Well, maybe I'll, we, we've talked a bit about it. Maybe I'll start um, and kind of give you a little background on, on uh, kind of how we've thought about this. I was really excited just personally after you asked us to be on, because I often think about when I look back on our lives, just defining moments where God really does turn things. And I also think um, just the Bible even talks about recounting the works of the Lord. You know, we, we should talk about, we should remember these things. So coming back, we, we don't talk about these things all the time. And I mm-hmm. thought it's uh, it's beneficial for us to, to, yeah. to go through it. So, you know, um, my background, I, I grew up in a, a, a you know, just an all-American family and um, uh, attended church with my family and 
Uh, one of the first big things that happened with me is I, I had a great family, um, but as a young boy, um, my father was killed in a car accident when I was young, mm. uh, when I was nine years old. So that was a, a major, obviously yes. devastating yes. beginning to life, especially looking back in retrospect. So kind of introduced me to a lot of fear and um, almost overwhelming uh, self-consciousness and just insecurities and things like that growing up. So kind of dealt with that a lot in my life. And um, that led to, you know, as I got older, going through high school, going through college, there was ups and downs. I actually didn't hear the gospel message until I was in high school. Mm. Um, or maybe I should say if I did, it, it fell on deaf ears. So sure, I, yeah. I wasn't prepared. But uh, when I heard the gospel message, uh, my story is I, I, I responded. I mean, I know that the time when I was saved. Mm. Um, so I, I look back and think God had really um, prepared me even through the trials, yeah. prepared my heart to have yeah. answers to like, what is life about? I remember thinking as a kid, just I didn't feel like I, th I didn't think I've, I thought like other kids, like I worried about dying and what would happen. Yeah. And, um, you know, everyone's got their own story. People go through different trauma and things like that. But I, I saw clearly how God had prepared me to receive him. Mm -hmm. So um, that, that, that's amazing in and Beautiful. of itself, just yep. the, the gift of salvation. So that was in high school, but my path led to a lot of ups and downs. And, um, uh, and we'll talk about it maybe in a little bit. But um, as I got older, I, I always struggled a bit with um, alcohol. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I think looking back, I, I really had a attraction to alcohol because it took care of a lot of fears sure. <laughs> and that's no it's very clear now so I, I you know dabbled in it in high school it was on and off and uh, as I got older and, and Kelly and I met in college and we got married and you know things on the outside we we were in a pretty good place and um, as I got older we had been married five six seven years and um, I really started to struggle um, and really I was I was drinking a lot and the problem was I started to hide it I started to hide it and uh, she didn't really know what was going on so that led on a path of some different dynamics changed with my job, and I didn't have to report to an office anymore. I got a new job where I worked at home, and some things kind of aligned where it almost allowed me to harbor that even more and hide it. Sure. And that kind of led down about a three- or four-year window of really a, a very bad situation where things just started to snowball and snowball and snowball where um, I just got to the point where it was out of control. I mean, it was I was really in on myself. I had changed as a person quite a bit. We kind of live just totally separate lives at, at some point, um, it got to that, but it was, it was bad. I mean, physically it was, it was almost ridiculous. I had gained in like three years, I gained almost a hundred pounds because wow. I was drinking so much mm -hmm. and uh, you, I was almost unrecognizable. I totally isolated, cut off from family, friends, everything. And we just kind of coexisted in the house sure. and we had Aaron, he was a, a little baby at the time. So yeah. Kelly poured herself into Aaron, made sure he was taken care of. And I guess Kelly knew something was wrong, but maybe didn't know what. And it sounds funny, like how you can actually hide that right under someone's nose. <laughs> right. But Kelly, you know, her family did, didn't grow up around alcohol, didn't really think that way. So um, you also um, purposely drank things that had yeah. no smell. <laughs> yeah. So she knew that I drank, but it was I did a lot of hiding. And sure. just, yeah. just the way I did it was very sneaky. And that's also one of the signs is the deeper you get into addiction, you become kind of a professional liar and, mm -hmm. and you're just able to deceive very, very well. So massive amounts of planning and energy goes into hiding what you're doing. Yeah. And anyway, long story short, it really unraveled to the point where things were, were very, very bad. And, um, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll state the, the first defining moment and then I'll, I'll let Kelly maybe give more, more first perspective, but it got to the point after three or four years where it was so bad that I, I, it's hard to explain. Even when I tell a story, it's been so many years, I feel like I'm almost telling someone else's story because <laughs> it, it's so long ago, it's hard to remember. Like, that that was really me. But 
um, it got to the point where it was, it was so out of control and I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop drinking. I originally started because it helped me so much with fear. It just eliminated. It was a beautiful feeling. I mean, it was just like, oh, finally, I just, I have no worries. I'm not concerned about the future. Uh, but once an addiction takes over, it it controls you. Sure. And after a while, I didn't, I didn't even enjoy it anymore. It just, I had to have it, right? And then it got to the point where it, it was just an awful situation. So uh, worse and worse and worse. And eventually one day after really many years of hiding and just going through turmoil, just awful um, physical and mental anguish. Um, one morning after a really heavy night of drinking where I, I just couldn't handle the mornings and just, I was totally full of angst and anxiety and just like out of my mind almost. I didn't even know how I was going to continue to function. I, I got up, I was laying on the couch, I got up and um, I just, it just blurted out of my mouth. I just told Kelly, I just said, Kelly, uh, I have a drinking problem and I've been hiding it from you for whatever, four or five years. I just blurted it out. Wow. Yeah. And, and you can imagine, I mean, it was like, you know, bombshell. That's mm-hmm. not even the, the right word. It yeah. was, it was, it kind was of a mic drop. That. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, was, it was an enormous bombshell to wow. drop. And then, um, but it was, if you talk about defining moments, that was the point, like the moment in time where God, whatever was happening, it just, he wanted it out. Yep. And uh, it was like the house of cards was going to fall. And um, yeah, so I'll stop and I'll, I'll let Kelly maybe mm. comment and fill in her side of the story because it's not the same experience I went through. Yeah, so um, when Dan did tell me that, it was all the puzzle pieces. Literally, I could hear them crash in my head. Just it all made sense. Wow. Um, because for those, let's see, Aaron was three at that point. I can I try to gauge everything of, of how old <laughs> he was at this, this point. So um, he was three. We just did our own thing. It was just just he and I, you know, just this little guy. And um, I lived my life, Dan lived his, but mine became, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know what, but I knew other things underneath it were probably unraveled bills. Um, I knew he had a job, you know, I knew he was going downstairs and he would go uh, to his, his accounts and things like that, but there was there was no communication really. At I mean, really, we lived mm-hmm. together, but we barely spoke really wow. for those years. And wow. I, you know, and I didn't trust him to watch Aaron for some reason. You know, there's just all these things yeah. that then just really rested on just me trying to to figure out yeah. what we were gonna do. And thankfully, at the time, I, I wasn't having to work, so I could just be. Um, so, so when he did tell me that, you know, he was pacing, he was pacing, in my perspective, in my mind's eye, Aaron and I were downstairs, I was feeding him breakfast. He wouldn't get up till like 10. Wow. It was all, he always slept. So I was like, is he having an affair? What I, is he depressed? We were we at one point had gone to counseling, and the counselor even said to me, "I think we're done with you. I think I just need to talk to Dan." Wow. And so I only went one time. Um, so financially, we were unbeknownst to me coming completely unraveled. Um, but we just I just kept doing 
whatever I knew to do next. Mm -hmm. So my parents, and in a good way, uh, my parents were overseas. They served um, as uh, international workers, so missionaries over there in, in Asia. And I didn't have anywhere to go. So in a way, it's such a good thing yeah. that I, I couldn't run away. Yeah. And I had talked to um, just a girlfriend that I grew up with and had said, you know, things are wrong and I just need a break. Can I come? And she lives out uh, where I'm from, out in Wyoming. And she said I could. And so I made this, you know, just talking to the Lord every morning and saying, I'm September 1st. You know, I have to have some sort of break September 1st. And he told me on September 1st. Oh so the Lord was so kind to yeah. me to show me, you know, exactly what was going on. But then, so that was in September, and he actually didn't go and get help until um, after Christmas. Okay. So then it was a... Uh, me still running the house, me seeing if he was drinking or not. I did wind up getting a job um, at an accounting firm in Minneapolis because at that point I didn't know if he was going to choose us wow. or if he was needing that. Mm -hmm. So so that whole time we really isolated ourselves. I mean, part of our other you know, our defining moment, what Dan would say is we were at another church and I just wanted to see what Grace was doing musically-wise. And so we came on a 4th of July, and it was this huge production. And I remember <laughs> saying, I'm pretty sure that's not what is normal. <laughs> so let's right. come back the next Sunday, and we never left. Oh, and wow. there was very key people that just yeah. kept right in front mm -hmm. of our path. And mm -hmm. so that following Sunday even... Um, I, I would come to church often alone because he was sick most most mornings, and specifically Sunday mornings. So <laughs> I would go to church, you know, sometimes with you, but mm -hmm. most of the times by myself. And they had a how to get involved at Grace. Sure. And so I remember walking up to this lady that I didn't even know. I mean, we'd been there for just here for just such a short time, and mm. I was like, so. My husband just told me he has a drinking problem, and she goes, and she says, um, I'm not the one you should talk to, but he is, and directed me to this other man that was extremely instrumental to him, and he said, here's my number, I won't call him, he has to call me, and then I thought, yeah, that's, that's a good idea, he should also call these other two men that I respect, that he respects, some, a guy from college and another guy just that we knew um, that was um, loved the Lord and knew that he would care for him. Sure. So those two guys and then, you know, just that how instrumental this church was, had no idea that that was our just wanting to come and see what it was mm -hmm. like here to how they came around. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love that. that I is love super cool. It's amazing the way the Lord works, isn't it? Like you had no idea what he had waiting for you. And I it's a, it's also so interesting that you didn't even fully understand what had gone on and what had fallen apart. Mm -hmm. And yet God knew all of that. And you know, like you said in his perfect timing, he just started bringing things to light, started that the wrestle even in you Dan and and pretty soon like it was, I'm sure, not pretty, 
but it all came to the light and got exposed. And then right. at that moment, that's so neat to hear how he brought you to the place where he knew you could find relationship mm-hmm. and accountability and healing. And then he just started kind of unfolding, it sounds mm-hmm. like, one yeah. kind of person at a time. Like, this is going to be the path I'm going to take you down. Like, isn't that, it's just kind of mind-boggling mm-hmm. to think life can feel so out of control to us. And yet we have this heavenly father who is a father who mm-hmm. is not just sitting in judgment of us. In fact, we often think that, and he's not in judgment of us, but he is waiting often for that surrender in us. Mm-hmm. And then he just swoops in like a dad, doesn't he? And starts us mm-hmm. on the path to not just like better behavior, but like true inner confession and repentance and a turning from mm-hmm. what was to you know where he wants you to be. Yeah. There's so many things that resonate even with what you're saying that, you know, there's a lot of pride versus humility in this where God does take you sometimes or allows you to go places when you have that hidden pride. And, and it, like you said, it's it was really dark versus light. You know, I, some of the things in retrospect that you see is, the, you know, the I would say this, I, I you know, for the unique part about the story is that this didn't happen until I was like 35, right? right. So um, so we had had five, six, seven years of, of good marriage. I wouldn't say it was great. It was good. And all of a sudden, I just did this strange turn, and I was on this strange path, hiding all these things. Um, but when that day came where I guess part of who I had been is um, I'm kind of a rule follower, especially on the outside. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I, I do what is right because people expect me to do that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things I'd done in life had been um, good things. And sure. I, I you know, I wouldn't say I, I accomplished an amazing amount, but you know, most people that knew me would have said, okay, he's on the right path, he's done this, whatever it is. You know, college degree, played college basketball. My first job was with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and that was like the, the dream job ever mm-hmm. for a kid coming out of uh, college. So mm-hmm. it's like, wow, you know, this you know, on yep. the right path. So to have those things you're hiding and then to wrestle for years saying, I'm an adult. How come I can't, I, I know I can stop this, right? It's like, how can I not? And then finally wrestling and coming to the point where it can't, like I said, the whole house of cards just had to fall where at some point now there's no more managing an image. There is nothing. It falls apart and you have to let the world know. And that was a very freeing time for me. Yeah. And when you do it and you drag everything out to the light, I mean, it's, you know, you think about everything the Bible talks about. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. That's right. <laughs> right. And that's what happened. He lifted me up. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, I finally got my act together. It's like literally I, I fully believe that I was, my heart was regenerated and I was saved in high school. But I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was on me. And, and part of our story, too, is after we went through so much healing and um, God really started to rebuild our lives on more transparency, I just had a huge passion for just being transparent. I mean, it, 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 why why would you be anything else? Right. <laughs> when you think about the world, it's like there's hardly anybody in the, in the secular world that you interact with who is real. Yeah. So that's what people want. Why <laughs> wouldn't you just allow God to make you that way? So it's very freeing when you can release all that stuff you hide. Mm-hmm. And right. Dan never and, put on me, don't, don't say anything. Or, yeah. you know, he was always, you know, I'd say I need to go talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, just there was never anything put on me that I couldn't go, you know, even, you know, I think about the different people that, you know, that I did. Yeah, there was, made a lot of phone calls. I had a lot of conversations with a lot of people. 
And that's what the phone calls were. Hey, yeah. <laughs> you know, friend, I've known you for all these years. Guess what? <laughs> Here's my issue. And, and most of them were like, well, we've known something's been wrong for three or four years. Yeah. You're not even, I mean, you're just a total shell of yourself. Yeah. So a lot of great support, a lot of great people came rushing around. You just look how God uses people, mm-hmm. specifically the body of Christ. And, you know, we had friends rush to us to to do see what they could do. We had some some friends of ours who they knew we couldn't pay for me to go to get help, so they just said, what do you need? That's awesome. <laughs> Wrote the check. It's just like over and over and over those things happen. And how humbling it is that mm-hmm. in the middle of your sin, in the middle of me blowing up my whole family, mm. um, you know, looking at things saying, you know, I, I grew up without a dad. <laughs> now I have a son. <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking at this saying, okay, I, the risks I took, and I'm, I'm, I'm being very careful not to share too much detail because I think you can cross a line where I think you do a disservice yeah, to the Lord. Sure. Yep. Uh, we're not glorifying sin here, but it it was so bad, and the risks I took were so incredibly high. Looking back, that there's, you know, even the Lord's goodness in how He navigated me through it is almost mind blowing to me. Looking back, but you know, there's, <laughs> you know, I shouldn't be a free man. I should, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I should probably mm-hmm. be in prison, and I who knows the other risks like. I was looking at my son, who was two or three, and I was making decisions, and I was looking at her saying, this is really all I ever wanted. God yeah. gave it to me, and now I, I'm about, instead of having a son who loses his dad, yeah. I was about to make the decision to sever you know, the relationship, whatever that looked like, whether it was me dying or going to prison or whatever. You know, it's like I was going to cause that for my family and my son in you know, in a similar way that I had experienced, but it was on me. Yeah. <laughs> so that the heaviness and the weight to say, okay, you just face it. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. yeah. Your relationship with the Lord is far more important than what anyone thinks. And that's right. Um yeah, it was it was beautiful. Yeah. Looking back, it was excruciating to right. go through. But right. um, powerful though. And yeah. I, I think about what you guys mentioned, both of you, I think, to some degree, you said you know, the house of cards came down. Yeah. We talk about in ministry circles sometimes appearances versus reality. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's appearance that we give to people, you know, the outside. <laughs> but the inside right. reality is a totally different story sometimes. And that moment was defining where that day, September 1st, it all came undone, unraveled in the reality of what was there. Mm-hmm. And I think, wow, now a new process could start of healing because you drug from the darkness into the light. Like this is what's happening. And so talk a little bit about, you know, something that was bad, but yet God can use bad for good. What is the good that God used to that whole situation in particular for like your marriage? Um, I think that my, so I had control over those four years, four or five years. And um, so I, even though you know, I, I know that I'm I know that I sinned, especially in anger, often during that time. But I was really the one that kind of kept things afloat. But it really wasn't until he came back. So he left for a month to get help. Okay. Um, and Aaron turned four during mm-hmm. that time. Um, celebrated his birthday there. <laughs> we brought a cake. <laughs> yeah, it was in treatment yeah. center okay. where yeah. I stayed for yeah, a month, yeah. and they'd come visit on the on Sundays. Yeah. And, on Sundays. Um, but I really then had to deal with wanting him back, um, him wanting to be involved, wanting to go, wanting to do with things with us. And all of a sudden I realized I didn't have, it wasn't me controlling the things, our, our life. 
Um, and really, when it comes down to it, is a submission. Like I really, really struggled. Yeah, yeah. That's a hard. That's mm-hmm. in a good scenario. <laughs> that's a hard thing. Mm-hmm. In a scenario where there's been trauma and there's been um, hurt for years building, like I can't imagine, Kelly. That's hard. That's a that's a hard thing to be led into. Um, and yet, I'm guessing that as the Lord helped you get there and learn how to submit probably with boundaries and all of those things. Um, I'm guessing that there was blessing that followed that. Uh, yeah. Some healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, again, this church, I could just lean in to some older people and just say, how does this work? Yeah. I don't, you know, my parents had a, a godly marriage. They would even say my mom is the stronger one. I follow suit um, with that as well. But just how does this work? What does submission look like? And so then it, you know, very open, you know, to each other, like, I don't know how to do this, and I'm trying. (laughs) Um, So that was a lengthy journey of just letting him make decisions, but then trying to figure out, does my opinion matter? Am I, you know, yeah. just like how does, just that yep. dance of, of what does it look like? And I still, <laughs> I still am in a journey yeah. with it. Um, but he's, or Dan's very kind to me as I deal with my own stuff. But um, really when, as we continued just the healing and, and just trying to figure out, you know, us together, we really could only um, have one one kiddo biologically, and so um, we had early in our marriage had had talked about you know adding to our family with adoption, and um, Dan just really wasn't that ever interested in it, um, and so me and my own journey of of submission. Saying okay, and then realizing, I bet you anything, I can manipulate him mm-hmm. to get what I want because mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty good at at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and I knew I could, but I also knew if if the floor came out from under us with an adopted kiddo, it would rest on me. Yeah. That the guilt, the um, the fault. Mm-hmm would be felt, even if he wouldn't have said anything like, oh, it's your, you're the reason why we did this, Sure, I'd, I would have taken that on. So as we, you know, year by year went, um, just having this only kid was just the way our life was going to be. And I really had come to, to terms with it. Mm-hmm. Because our life got really easy. Um, Aaron was, you know, you know. I'm even thinking back around 11 when when things started to change in Dan's life. And I'll let okay. you. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll fill in a couple things. I think um, just backstep one point. You were talking about what what blessings or what came out of it as we moved towards this this next point. We're going to talk about right. one of the big ones was. Um, 
you know, obviously it was going to take a long time. I understood the trust factor had been broken. I wasn't expecting instant trust. I knew time is what would mm-hmm. take care of that. There's, you know, there's a forgiveness aspect and then there's a, a trust aspect and they're not necessarily connected at the hip. Sure. That one, you know, time would prove it over time. And that, that was a long process and that was okay with me. Um, I think one of the huge things, and, and it kind of, it almost opened our eyes when we came to grace for the first time, um, talking about just how the gospel really is, I mean, you know, the Roman says that the gospel is the power of God. Mm-hmm. It's not like the gospel has power or it's a really powerful That's thing. Right. It's like it is the power yeah. of God. The The central point of who God is, is bound up in the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it is so much deeper and so much more powerful than throwing that word around that what we found is when we came to grace that the first person we heard preach here was Clark because you guys mm-hmm. were going through transition. It's probably mm-hmm. before your time, I'm guessing. At what time? When when did you get here? Oh uh, six. Okay, so you were here. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, you guys were in transition between you know senior pastors and and you were on a rotation and we yep. came and heard Clark preach and I remember we both sat there and we were both just in tears and because what Clark preached was the pure gospel and we we realized like. We had heard a lot of good things for many years, but we were missing yeah. that, and it revived us. So what happened over the next several years is God, as he rebuilt our lives, he drew us back to himself really by a lot of things. We both started just devouring whatever it was, podcasts. We listened to sermons. We read things. We were doing things together a little bit, doing the same things. We were doing a lot of things kind of parallel to each other. Sure. And there was a time of about four or five years where our growth was, you know, spiritually was just God just poured into us. And we learned so much. And a lot of it revolved around just theology. And I we want to bring this up because there's a debate about, well, you know, what's the big deal about theology? I just want Jesus. Yeah. And I guess the point that we really are passionate about today is theology is truly just, it, it's the, the more you understand God more clearly, mm-hmm. it, it, he can, I think he works deeper. Right. And, and the point is why wouldn't people want to understand God more clearly, mm-hmm. the gospel better? And that's really what we set on a path. And we found teachers and doctrines and different things that we had never experienced before. And it started to change us Super and it changed cool. us in an unbelievable way. Um, and that led, and, and the big one looking back for both of us was was the, the gospel of justification by faith. And when I look back on my life, and retrospects always, you know, twenty twenty, and, and God, I think, gives some clarity to what what some of the path you've been on, and hopefully to be able to use it forward for other people. But mm-hmm. when when He does a saving work in someone's life, the what's next part is a huge deal. And I would just say that either. I, I backed away from it, or my misunderstanding of my justification by faith led to many bad decisions. Mm. It led basically for me um, to believe that I was managing the relationship, my relationship with God. His demeanor towards me um, was still, even though I was saved by grace, that I was still managing his countenance towards me based on my performance. Mm-hmm. So in high school or whatever, it's like if I did some things during the week or just had a very guilty conscious about something. I felt like I couldn't go back to youth group that week or I didn't want to because the shame was so great. Sure. And I'm not even saying our church, they weren't preaching that. They weren't heavy handed. It's just sure. what I believe. So it's this misunderstanding, I think, that is so prevalent in Christians' lives, even around justification where, um, you know, the, he, God regenerates your heart. He declares you righteous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Past, present, future sins. You are clear. Your performance has zero attachment now 
to your standing with God. You are no mm-hmm. longer doing it. There's nothing about merit. There's nothing. Obviously, there's there's works he prepared for you ahead of time. There's yeah. there's sanctification. There's all these things that reading his word and disciplines that are yes. super important because it is like the gas pedal to the engine, which mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit will work through. But um, it changed us. And that's kind of led us to, and that's kind of a long-winded yeah. interjection to what you said, but it, it really led up to the, the 10-year gap between when uh, the house of cards fell, like I said, and, and I got help to the point where now we were looking at adoption again. So did you want to take it from here or would you like me to keep going? Um, <laughs> Just kind of how we got to, kind right. of how it was rekindled. So because... I know in 2010 we got to go see um, Milton Vincent, who is the author of the Gospel Primer. Okay. And he was he was giving his a talk at a little church in, in Minneapolis and we were there for another for a conference, but he was one of the main speakers, and we didn't know who he was and um, anything, but saw or heard what he had to say about justification, and it was one of those uh, one of those puzzle pieces again. Sure. Like that's why I struggle. Mm-hmm. That's why you know I think because I did this, this happens. You know that misunderstanding of, and I just think if. If we can teach our people, if we can teach our kids these these truths, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not just theology. It's it's understanding who God is yeah. and being able to learn more about who He is. Just takes all that weight mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. because then all we can do is just glorify Him in joy. That's right in doing it, and so yeah, so. Um, yeah, that ten year was a a very a very up just a straight up curve of mm-hmm. being a Christian most of my life, mm-hmm. but that growth growth because wow. of hardship I yes. think and, right. yes. and coming out with this breath like okay, and then God just taking over and literally putting people in our paths, just even just pastors that don't live in the cities. Uh, different, just different people, different books. Um, and that became the glue that started to, mm-hmm. to become between us because what did we start talking about was, were these things, mm-hmm. you know, we mm-hmm. didn't talk about the world anymore. Right. Um, anyway. So yeah. That's so awesome. So, so a- as we kind of move up towards this adoption thing, and there was about a 10 year gap. Oh, seven is when I went in to get help and we were at about 23. 14 or so, and I involved in different ministries, doing different things here at Grace, and I um, signed up for the Activate class that Mac Trinan taught mm-hmm. um, some years ago, and that was a great class, um, a lot of uh, great teaching, and one of the challenges, aspects of the class is they challenge you to memorize James, mm. the whole book, yeah. over, over the entire, you know, over the entire year. So I I challenged myself to do it, and, and at the time, and, and this is one of the reasons we grew so much, I had a job where I drove, like I was a rep, so okay. I covered a huge territory. I was driving probably 25, 30 hours a week, wow. which is fantastic for listening to podcasts mm. and sermons <laughs> and memorizing scripture. <laughs> so that's what I did for about five years, but that class was kind of leading up to what God was going to do on our lives too. So as I memorized James um, over the eight years, obviously, um, you know, let the word year. of Christ dwell in you richly. The word of God started to do its job when it gets embedded inside of you and just starts to work and work and work. And um, 
you guys know James, I mean, some of the things in there, it started to rekindle some of the things we had talked about before I had even had my problem with alcohol where, hey, we have Aaron, we're getting older now, but, um, you know, thinking about, you know, care for widows and orphans and their distress. Yeah. 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 Um, talking about be doers of the word, not merely hearers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Or you delude yourself. You're delusional if you if you continue to say <laughs> you believe things and you don't do it. Yep. Um, so that kind of, God started to reattach some of those original you know, stirrings in our life when we were young. And I, I think what used to be, oh, I don't know what God's will is. I'm not sure if we could do this. We don't yeah. have the money. I'm not, you know, those struggles, we all have a different things. 10, 12 years later, as I was doing this, the word of God started to flip it in my heart where it became not, literally it wasn't, should I do this? I'm not sure if I should. It flipped it to the other side where all of a sudden I was, um, I wouldn't say I was panicked, but I had such a strong sense of, if I don't do this, I will be in direct defiance of the Lord. Wow. Like that is how I started to feel. So I, one day I was, I, I talked to Kelly and I, I just told her, I said, I, I think we're, we need to start looking at adoption again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this was probably 2014. Wow. And um, so. And so how is, old was Aaron at that point? He was 10, 11 okay. Okay. at that time. So yeah, so that was the second time in our marriage that he said, "Kelly, I need to talk to you," and I was like, "Oh, oh I'm so yeah. yeah, yeah, like what?" And um, so yeah, so he said that, and it actually fell on a pretty cold heart. Um, I'm kind of ashamed to say, um, because it, you know, just in my own flesh and just just putting it out there, I remember thinking. Um, now that you're okay with it, it's okay. But when I thought it was okay, <laughs> right. so again, right. it's still yep. this continual submission. Mm-hmm. I had to, so God, again, was just preparing me for for this. You know, all, other things I know that I'm sure will be coming, but for sure for this. Um, and, you know, when I talked about how I knew I could manipulate Dan, this was not me. Mm. You know, this was totally the Lord. And um, so then I just became the, you know, 20 hours a week of paperwork and trying wow. to get um, all of all of that done um, to go to China and get Joshua. Wow. Another big part of the a growth vehicle during that time was a group of men that came around me. So probably 2011, um, I had reconnected with a, friend from college, Josh Gavin, you know, Josh, yep. mm-hmm. and we had known each other for years, but didn't, weren't really friends. And we'd kind of crossed paths here a few times at Grace. He said, oh, we should get together. And we, you know, saw each other a couple of times. And he called me one day and said, I want to start a small group uh, of men because we live near each other. And he said, um, but I'm not going to lead it. I need you to help me lead it. Mm-hmm. And we said, okay, well, let's do it. So we gathered some guys and that kind of started, you know, some of the support and growth too. And, um, I also told them one night at, at uh, now it came out of the blue. I'm sure they weren't expecting that, but we had prayer time at the end. And I said, I guys, I don't know how to say it. I think we're supposed to adopt. I'm 40 something years old and we have no money. And we're, <laughs> we're still <Yeah>. climbing <laughs> out of the mountains of debt from that. I built up from you know years ago and God's got us on a good path. I have no idea how this can work, but I'm so convinced. And I've, I've never, I'm a very careful decision maker and People probably say, oh, I want to make sure, you know, my perfectionism is, well, I got to have, I got to know every single last detail before mm-hmm. I pull that trigger. And this one was so far outside of myself. It was crazy. It was like, we're going, mm. we have no answers. We have no 
true details in place, except I'm positive we're supposed to do it. So I have no idea how it's going to end, but this is an obedience thing, so we're going. And we did. And um, we went through a lot of planning. It was basically like a a 25-hour-a-week job for about two years. It's like so many details and so much paperwork and so many different things you have to jump through. And a big question was finances for us. So um, maybe I'll just thought of one other story I'll tell. Where As we're trying to confirm and, and understand what's happening, um, we had lunch with Josh Mulvihill. Yeah. Talked through some of this stuff. And um, we were having lunch, and he, he knew it. We had talked about it a couple of times. We were pouring out our heart to him, and he let us talk and you know express our doubts and fears and <laughs> excitement and and he let us talk and talk and talk and was very gracious and and uh, we just wanted his feedback we said what do you think you know we don't we don't know what we should do and he kind of just sat and looked at us and said well I could pretty much confirm your your should probably push forward because this week he said I've never had this happen this week I had two people come to me at church and say out of the blue if the Hoglands would ever like to adopt we'd like to help them wow wow and I, named you specifically. Right. So I'm not like, I don't know how that happened. I'm, wow. not, I'm not like grabbing at mystical things yes. here, but I, I, I almost, we broke down crying. I couldn't mm. believe it. I just thought I had told my small group, so I don't know who these people were, but um, hardly anyone knew. And it had been a couple days yeah. and it already started the wheels of motion. So we talked, I said, okay, I don't know what else to do. We don't have money. We have to let the body know. <laughs> mm. um, we have to ask for money, which is always the, you know, swallow hard and yes. say, okay, how are we going to do this? We're just one more, you know, oh, we're, we're so neat. And like, well, those the Lord wants to use, it's also an opportunity for them. That's right. If people are in the right place with the right heart, um, those that are supposed to give uh, want this opportunity and mm-hmm. need to be obedient too, which is kind of a hard thing to think through. But right. the body, we all need each other, point. right? And yep. this is our point, our time. So we did it. We put together a campaign. And I, the way I kind of describe it is kind of, Threw it out there, kind of sheepishly raised our hands and said, "Here's what we're doing, everybody." And if, if you know, if if it if you're interested, you can help. And it was unbelievable. It was just, I mean, masses descended on us. The money poured from heaven. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. When I think of this church and the people around us, um, we've kept a lot of the records just because I forget how many people gave us money from everywhere, and. Um, you know, when you're checking the GoFundMe page every couple of days and you see all these new every day, it's this, mm-hmm. this, this new person, new person. And it was overwhelming. I mean, it was, it was, we had no business adopting. We didn't have money. We didn't have the, the way to do it. And it was like so many things. The Lord can <laughs> shift the world system very quickly, right? right? This can. is a system right. and money is a tool. And when he wants something to happen, it was, it was honest like that. So and it was, four, also well, let me say the number is about $45,000 yeah. like wow. that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Done deal. Wow. <laughs> but at the end, so we, we'd got no more and we got no less right. than that 45, yep. which got was what you needed. really interesting because it was, we had been matched with Joshua, so we knew his name, or we knew his Chinese name. We saw his picture, but that's it. And then uh, that was in October, and then we left in January to go get him. Um, so we still had a little bit of money to that we needed. And at real close to Christmas, mm-hmm. a family here at Grace, you know, I, she said, or I think he said, you know, how much do you still need? And 
they just wrote the rest. Wow. You know, so that was our story. Wow. Over and over and over. Mm. Yeah. So one thing I love, you guys, that you um, have just shared, it's just an organic part of your story is, and I guess I, I don't know that I was even fully aware of it, um, but the body of Christ yes. is mm-hmm. has come alongside you. Mm-hmm. Now, what I know of you is that you have also come alongside other people. And so I think that's such a beautiful thing that what God did for you and has done for you, I have watched both of you faithfully pour out for others. Mm. Um, and he's really brought that full circle in you. But I just think um, if you could talk to a, a new couple, you know, young married, and you could give them advice. And there's a million things we could say. Right. But as it relates to church, what would you say? Now, as you look back on all these years, you look back at these things God has done, what would you say about the priority of church, of the body of Christ? Like, just give us, give them, picture them at this table with you. Like, what would you say as an older, wiser couple who've lived through some hard things? Mm-hmm. A couple things come to mind. Um if you're a believer, um, it really shouldn't be optional. You need to be part of a body because you're right. commanded to be. And it shouldn't be a resistance because it's a command. It's the Lord is good. He has yes. many, many, many um, things that are his grace, and he wants to give you these gifts through the body. And you really don't even understand what they are until you engage. And over right. long periods of time, you will find those out. I remember another thing. When we went through the membership class here, um, John Wright, it sticks in my head because the first thing he said at the membership class was, if you are here today um, to go through the membership process, we believe that grace is missing some aspect of the body that you are here to give us. Mm -hmm. So you are an integral part of grace. Um, So just even us four at this table, right? Mm -hmm. I am part of you. (laughs) You are part of me. And we're called to work together. Belong to um, one another. And we belong to one another. And it's part of not only God's plan, but it's how he sanctifies us. It's how he grows us. And the other part of that is there's going to be trials all over the place because we're a bunch of sinful humans Mm -hmm. packed together in the body. So the idea is that's going to be part of it, right? A very uh, dear friend of mine who (laughs) was in leadership here says, and you would know you work here, right? You get on the inside of a big church, and he goes, "Now you know how the sausage is made." It's like you know, you know the inside because it's you know everyone's humans. You got the, that's the bad stuff and the good stuff, but that's part of how God has it. He has us together because it's sparks are flying, yeah, and, and right. part of sanctification is humbling yourself mm-hmm. before others, serving others. Um, and something else I just learned studying Ephesians in the last couple of years. There's a verse in Ephesians three ten that talks about. Um, the heavenly beings are actually being taught um, through the body of Christ. I don't know if I don't have the reference, I could look it up, but but there's literally, there's, there's more than even the body and the world of what's going on. Like there is like a heavenly realm mm-hmm. of God's creation mm-hmm. that we don't even, aren't even aware of That's that right. is actually looking down on Christ's body mm-hmm. that he died for and how we interact, how we function, how we execute the church, the decisions we make, however that all fits together. Somehow these it says those created beings are actually yeah. learning about God and understanding things because of that. Yeah, and that that one when I read that a couple of years yeah. ago, that about blew my mind. Like how how do you get your head around that? Things yeah. are happening in the spiritual realms. That that's right. Did you look it up? Yeah, even oh. angels long to look into the gospel. Yeah, it yeah. says 
Um, yep. They're amazed by what God has done at the cross and saving people yeah. and it continually amazes them. Um, you guys have really like unpacked a powerful story and such a reminder to me, as you were saying, uh, Dan, and Romans 1 16, mm-hmm. the gospel is the power of God and salvation for everyone who believes a power to change a life. And that's what sets people apart. You have been changed by Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and that has affected every area your marriage, your family, your kids. God has expanded mm-hmm. your family, an addition of Joshua. Mm-hmm. So cool to hear all of that. And it's such an encouragement, not just for Steph and I to hear this, mm-hmm. but what an encouragement would be for so many of our listeners. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. Really appreciate both of you. Thank you. It's an honor. Thank you. Yeah. And I would say one um, piece of advice for a younger couple is not wait to get, I, I love men, uh, mentorship. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's, a missing piece, especially in the Minnesota nice community of <laughs> waiting to be asked. Yes. But go to an older yeah. woman, yeah. you know, go to an older couple. And I think that's probably been pivotal for us to see how other people are doing it or just being able to be poured in right. to. Yeah. And like we see younger and say, oh, we should ask them <laughs> for over for for yes. dinner, yes. we should, you know, because yes. now we're older. I know yeah. it's funny it's how so that cool. happens, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are. <laughs> you are. Oh, we are. <laughs> so you know, that's the piece of advice that I would mm-hmm. give. That's great um, couples yes. to do together. That's great. Such great encouragement. Yeah. Well, thanks again, you guys. Such an amazing journey God has you guys on, and for sure, some defining moments along the way that has altered the course of your lives. Uh, let me end with a prayer for our listeners. This is, a, again, a n- number six, uh, verses 24 and following. Let's pray this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. We thank you, Jesus, for that. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much Thanks for you, listening. Everybody. And thank please you. join us for the next yes. Family Huddle podcast. That's right. See you then. <laughs> And that's all we have today in the family huddle. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of your day with us. And wow, what an amazingly kind and redemptive God we serve. I've known the Halguins for a long time and I had no idea all the intricacies and details in their story. I'm so encouraged. I hope that you are too. Um, And as always, I hope that you take a couple minutes and like this episode, maybe share it with someone who you feel like could use a boost and encouragement today. Um, And if you would take a couple minutes on the platform that you're on to give us a good rating or to leave us a review, um, we're able to see the comments and improve based on that, but it also makes it way easier for others to find us. So we'd really appreciate it if you take the time to do that and we will see you soon. 